Welcome to the crossover, everybody. Seriously, I can't believe that you were about to do that. I'm sorry. I just, I, I just want to give him some prep. Never mind. Anyway, but why? Hi, I'm Josh. Hi, I'm Mikey. This is a podcast about racing. Sometimes we talk about racing, and sometimes we don't. This is the crossover. All right, well, hold on, hold on, Brayton. Before you say anything, I don't know if you caught it or not, but he did start. We are, recording. we're recording, so be careful. Oh, okay. Join us in welcoming. Uh, I guess we could say meteoric, meteoric rise, prodigal son, whatever the fuck. Yeah, man. Uh, Brayton Laster. Uh, listen, man, we we appreciate you uh, uh, joining us. I can tell you, we've had a lot of requests to have you on this show. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. which is flattering that anyone would give a shit about you know us and you know I know that. You're getting a lot of attention. Let's start with, and this is the question that that has been burning a hole through my mind. I want you to start from the first time, and let's leave the e-racing out. The first time you put your hands on a steering wheel to where you are now. So this is going to go pretty far back to 2010. Well, I, I know you guys are a little bit older than me, so I guess not. Oh, um, listen, I'm used to that. I'm used to that, but Josh uh, is not. I am now. So, I started when I was eight years old. My father, Dane Master, has owned race cars and worked on race cars since you know, the 80s and the 90s at Speed Realm. And he's owned a variety of street stock and late models. And actually... Not a lot of people know this, but he was the person that introduced Kevin Garrigus into racing. Okay, so really? Yes. Um, go, go, we're going to go ahead and make a, a quick note on uh, interviewing your father. Note. Yeah. Yes. I would say my dad has owned many cars. He's been the start of many driving careers at the speed room. But my father in like the late 90s or early 2000s went in on a figure eight, eight model. Um, him and Kevin split it. The owner, they split the ownership, and Eddie Van Meter was their driver. Okay. So that that is a fun. I believe it. I believe it was Eddie. I think he drove a couple times. I'm not too sure. It might have been. I know Rich Fenwick drove a couple times for my dad at one point. I think. I'm not too sure. My dad tells a million stories. He'd be awesome to bring him on here. Okay. Um, okay. But but yeah, my dad and after he introduced Kevin Garrett into the road of racing, which now owns the speed room. So pretty interesting to see how that all played out. So, but. It all started, we received a fast cart, a junior fast cart, like a body and a chassis from my dad's good friend, Kenny Rainey. For those of you that don't know Kenny, uh, he's raced adult fast carts and legend cars out there over the previous years. He's owned a couple of eight models. And his, he's the uncle of Kyle Downey, who's actually my current crew chief. He's an awesome guy, which is kind of funny because it was Kyle Downey's old fast cart. So okay. I got my current crew chief's old fast cart when I was eight years old. We sat here, we got it ready, and we went and we raced the speed run. And we took it out, and I I would always go. I was my dad's like number one fan growing up. I'd always go to the speed run with him. I'd sit in the grandstand. He'd find someone to hold me. I'd like, my mom didn't go. None of his like, parents really went. It was mainly just me and him most of the time. And he'd find someone that could stand to hold me and watch while, uh, while he was racing. And there were, we had some good people. You know, Mike Markey helped us out a ton, and Normally, his wife or uh, Christina would, uh, which it was Kevin's wife at the time, would that called me and watch me. So we had tons of people that was kind of babysitting while I was out there while my dad was watching. And I finally, you know, I got old enough to hop in the fast cart. I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't ride a bike. I couldn't tie my own shoes. 
I don't know what he was thinking about putting me in a race car, <laughs> but or a, a, a go kart. And uh, I went out there. And the funny thing about this is, you know, Quentin White, the eight mile driver now, uh, dirt drive dirt. I actually went to elementary school with him at this time, and we rode the bus together. We were pretty, they were pretty close to each other. And he was driving junior fast cars at this time, and I trash caused him all week long because our dad had been racing against each other for years at this point. I knew we were pretty good friends with him. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna beat your butt, you know, I'm going to spin you, I'm going to do what it takes to win. I didn't, you know, Quentin hadn't raced for many years at this point in junior fast cars. I was going in as a cold stone rookie. And we go out in the heat race, I'm slower than slow can be. I think it's lap six or seven, I think we ran eight lap heat races. It was back when the junior fast cars could actually go eight laps without wrecking too. So, <laughs> so, so okay, so hold on, how old, how old are you at this point? I'm eight at this okay, point. Okay, you're eight. Okay. Eight, maybe seven, maybe eight. I'm not 100% sure. So, Quentin is actually leading the heat race, and he's coming up to get around me, and he just slashed me going to the corner and spins me out. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And um, that was just like, oh, that, you know, such first race. But, oh, we got the feature. We got like a 15, 25 of that feature if you look forward to. At this point, there were only like 10 or 12 junior crash carts. Maybe fourteen or fifteen. Okay. So I mean, we ran one feature and that was it. We we did rolling starts too. I mean, it, it's completely different than what it is now. So we're going, and I'm just kind of collapsing, cruising, running dead back. Hey, Brayton. Yeah. Did you say that you were doing rolling starts in junior fast cars? That's car? exactly yeah. what he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't even. We got called out. On I can't Facebook. even imagine. We got called out on Facebook today. Did we? Yeah, because of your hatred for the form the fuck up. If they would just form the fuck up, oh it God. wouldn't, whatever. It, I, go on, I'm sorry. I think, it, I think it's part of the fun. <laughs> but, yeah, we were doing rolling starts, which actually I think is a lot better than the uh, part. They're more interesting, more fun to watch, and actually teaches those junior pass-cut drivers the proper skills as they move up to the fastest. So we're racing the feature. And I'm going to turn one, and it's like half of the race. I'm running dead fast. I think I'm like two laps down at this point. I mean, we are slower than slow can be. I, like, I'm slower than molasses, I think. And there was a female at the time in the class named Caitlin Wolf. And we're going to turn one. She was running towards the top five. And going to turn one, she just blasted me. Like, she's on the outside, and I'm on the inside. And she just turns in and sends me like spinning. I mean, it was a, we were kids, and you know, we didn't really know too much better. You know, we didn't really learn proper racing etiquette, I guess, back then. We were just kind of told to pass as we can. And so I kind of go spinning. It was probably my fault. And as I'm spinning, I look up to my side towards oncoming traffic, towards the front stretch, and here comes her brother. I can't remember his name. And he just T-bones me. <laughs> and that was almost the end of my career. My career almost ended as quick as it started. Because I got out of the car, and I was in tears. You know, I, I'm crying. like, oh, God, I suck. <laughs> And he was like, I hanged, I went home, we hanged up the fire shoe, I said, I'm done, Dad. We tried it, we did not succeed, don't want to do that ever again. And my dad goes, okay, cool. He goes, I'll keep the fast car in the garage in case you ever want to hop back in it. Awesome. About a year and a half goes by, and my little 10-year-old mind, at this point, I could, I learned how to ride a bike. And I'm like, all right, Dad, let's try this again. And we go out, and we were still showing them the last and we run a couple of races, and we finally get a newer chassis from Donovan Valkenberg. Mm-hmm. 
as many people know, the front wheel drive age, and he yeah. drives true stock yep. and stuff too. But um, his, I believe it was uh, it, it was the Donovan Walker third. I think he's the third, and the fourth was the one running the fast part. So we go and you know we get new motors because they were running new motors and stuff back then. I go out and uh, partnered up with Chris Green of the Certified Automotive Gang. And he had been running them a couple of years with Jason Gaudet and Jessica Winters, and they were just awesome people. I mean, they, I mean, he was one of the few that really helped us out early on, and just kind of kickstarted my whole career. And we ran junior fast cars with him and Jessica for I want to say two, three years on and off, or not on and off. They were mainly full seasons. And my dad kind of stepped out of racing at that point, controlled you know, the majority of his cars. And when I was 12 years old, you know, money was a little bit tight. My dad was in the tanning business at the time, and we were just getting a startup of our automobile recycling business going. And he had a friend in Kentucky named Alton Loden. And my dad's calling him, you know, talking to him about how he wants to get me into the Thunderclock class. Because there was this class called the Junior – this is crazy. This is before the guy's time. There was a class called the Junior Hornet class. Because back then, the front-wheel drive, you could run front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, and it was called the Hornet class. Okay. And they had, you know, five to 15 cars, and then they had the Junior Hornet class, which was the same cars that kept for kids coming out of the Junior Fast Car set. That's, so okay, so that's, a, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's there's a couple tracks that'll race Junior Hornets that, that still race them. Interesting. Okay, so it was definitely interesting. We had some pure... <laughs> Like the Mustangs, like the Fox Body Mustangs. Is that what I yeah. call it? The Fox Body Fox Mustangs. Body Mustangs yep. Killer Fox Body Mustangs. We were going to race. I don't know why my dad was thinking a 12 year old, and I think Jessica was like 13 or 14, and a Mustang, but they were killer. And we go and we're preparing over that winter for the next season, and they come out and they're like, all right, we're getting rid of the Junior Hornet set. Because they, they only had the three or four guys, and Quinn Y and the Shackleford. Jeffrey Sackleford, I think we're one of the few main people, and Brady Harper, I think, was up there too. But I mean, they didn't have not, they had not that many cars. And the Hornet Classic also kind of shut them, to be honest, at the time. And they, I mean, it's nowhere near what it is now with the front wheel drive. Actually, they have 30, 40 cars a time. So my dad's talking to this dude, John Kentucky and Dalton, about how we're going to move into Thundercar, which is Thundercar class and the Street Stock class were two separate things. Right. This different car, the same cars with like different transmissions and different rules, and um, they're they're pretty simple, I guess. And this dude on had a Thunder car down there for sale, and he told my dad six hundred dollars race ready. <laughs> and my dad's like six hundred, not not six thousand, not six hundred. We went down there, we bought a trailer, we literally aired up a tire and drove it on the trailer. And we probably could have raced it that night, but it had the wrong different kinds of tires on it. So we go, we take it home, and put it in our garage. And we live, we had Jeff moving to an HOA uh, neighborhood. And we're like, oh, you know, can we work on this outside? Can we not? We're just, you know, we're going to work on it at night. And we roll it out of the driveway at night. And we're working on it. Me and my dad's underneath the car. I'm handing him wrenches and stuff. And our neighbors start walking out. And we're like, oh, no, this is terrible. And they thought it was the neatest thing ever. Which is awesome because we thought we were about to get heavy fines from the HOA, but they thought that was awesome. So. <laughs> you gotta love the HOA. I, I say we raced in the Thunder Cars, and now I mean, these are 30, 40, 50 year old drawn men I'm racing against. 
and we raced in Thunder Cars for a couple of years, including figure eight. We did some figure eight racing in Thunder Cars last time, so, which is now the street. So stuff let's back. back up. So you did you yourself race figure eights? Yes. At what, I age, at what age? Figure eight. I was 13. I was 13. I, I was over 13. <laughs> listen, man, I'm proud of you. Happy for you. Holy shit. Fucking dumb. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And listen, the uh, only reason I say this, I, I have I have kids that are 10 and 6. Under no uh, circumstances would I ever let <laughs> one of my 13-year-old kids. And, I'll, and I'm not trying to be a dick to your dad either. It's just, boy, that's an interesting that's an interesting decision. Did you want to do it? Yes. I Actually, my mom would not let me do it. And I sat here and she made me make a presentation on why I could be running for points. The figure eight was like a part of the points. And I literally made this presentation on showing the benefits, like the pros and the cons of racing figure eight. Say like, we're racing for points, we'd fall to this spot. Like I figured out where we'd fall on the points if we didn't race the figure eight. And it was awesome. Yeah. My mom was super against it. <laughs> no shit. And, yeah. <laughs> And we go out, and my dad's telling me, you know, here's what you do, here's what you don't do. And we were not competitive in this Thunder Car at all. I mean, like, we paid 600 bucks for it. But it was awesome for me to go out and just get driving experience. Because, I mean, that's the best stock car experience you're going to get. So we're going out there, and they, they, had, they race figure eight two or three times a year. And my dad's talking to me. He's like, I right, tell him to come off the corner. You're either on the gas or on the brake. You can't go back and forth. Because if you're on the gas, you're going to go through that crossover. And 95% of the time, they're going to miss you. But if they hit you, you're going to take your hit like a man. <laughs> That's just the, okay. worst, this is the worst fucking advice in the world. <laughs> Listen, even if you try, son, you're not going to get hit. Right. But every now and then, you pussy, you're going to get you hit. Might, you might get, yeah, you <laughs> might get hit. And we're going. And he's like, no matter what. Does your dad just have too many corner. kids in the will or something like that? <laughs> and we're going and he's like now we're going through that crossover do not hit that brake he goes and they're stopping yeah. you stop you get off to the side and you stop early on yeah you're yeah. gonna get fucked up yeah mark mark tony said the exact same thing and they can they're going you better go and you're gonna take your hit like a man and get hit but you know and i'm on practice and ricky martin was one of like the best undercar drivers Probably at the speed run, but definitely at that time he was love his good. music. And, no, that's not the same. <laughs> oh, it's not the same. Guy. It's not okay. Never no, mind. No, 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 not the same. Ricky Martin. Go yeah. <laughs> on, sorry. Sorry. Although every, every every time he won a uh, feature, that I'd say one of his songs. Like, well, not his songs, but one of Ricky Martin's songs. Yeah, I got and, you. Yeah. yeah, we're coming off the corner. Him and a couple other guys are like there. And I'm going. I'm going. My little thirteen on mine goes. On second thought, I'm not going to go. I get the break. And they felt like they barely missed me. I'm like, holy cow. And I come in and my dad goes, that right there is how to get killed, son. He goes, they're lucky they missed you. I'm yep. like, yeah. And I look down the pit and here comes Ricky Martin. And he just has this unique walk. And you could tell he was coming straight towards me. I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good. And he, he told me, he was one. A lot of people in that class were opposed to me racing in that class. Because I oh, he's just a kid, doesn't know why. Most people went to the legend at that point. But we didn't want to go play with tiny cars. We wanted to get up in the big stock cars. And Ricky was one of the few people that actually supported me moving up into that class. And he'd come down here and be like, oh, no, I'm pissed off, Ricky. Huh. And he goes, and he goes, kid, you can't do that. And I'm like, I know, Ricky. I know I messed up. And he's like, in the future, he goes, I'm, he says, you will get hurt doing that. He goes, in the future, some future time, if you're going to go, you have got to go. I'm like, okay. 
come fix your run heat range is do pretty good. Come fix your time. Now I'm running towards your back. I can't think of like mid package, but Josh Gar, I believe it was Josh Gar. I want to say it was Ricky Martin. Were first and second. I'm not exactly sure who it was or that order, but it was something like that. And I see Josh coming off the corner. I don't quite see Ricky. I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot behind Josh. And then I see Ricky coming off the corner. And there's about half a car thing or so in between them. And I'm like, well, I'm not hitting the brake. I got told yeah, don't fuck hit the that. Brake, you know? right. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck them brakes. Forget it. Okay, I, I'm like, I'm taking my hit like a man. And <laughs> the way my dad puts it, he goes, you could have not put a piece of paper in between us. Nice. But he, I somehow made it through, and my my. Dad said he was at the finish, and he's like, and he saw me come up the corner. And he saw the nose of the car pick up like I was on the gas. And he's like, oh, God, son, don't hit the brake, hit the brake, hit the brake. <laughs> don't listen to what I said. It was awesome. And like all the people in the finish, like, someone came down, like, dang, kids got some balls to tell that. But it was, it was just awesome. That that right there ignited the flame inside of me for figure out racing. That is why the, where my passion for figure out racing definitely comes from. All right, we're gonna so, we're gonna hit so the couple- we're gonna hit the pause button real quick on the life story because I want to talk to you specifically about uh, figure eight racing, uh, only okay. because if uh, Josh and I don't talk, people are gonna forget that it's our show. Mm-hmm. Um, you, your car, you're in the three hour. Oh, dude, created an argument between between Josh and I. Yes. Okay. So Josh kept insisting that it was a nine eleven memorial skyline. And okay. I said, and you it's thought it was not, a Batmobile. no, I didn't. I knew that oh, I oh. knew that's where you got it from. I knew it was it was Gotham, but I immediately recognized the skyline because I'm from Chicago. And yes. so what so Gotham used to be based very loosely on New York. And then this latest crop of movies, and by latest, I mean, in the last like 20 years, the dark night, they've all been filmed in Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So, like, they're, one of the one of the best ones is um, the first one with Christian Bale, and I can't remember the name. Begins, but, but there is there is an awesome chase scene on Lower Wacker Drive. Are you, is that the one with the okay. Joker with Scarecrow? I don't remember. It was not. It's not Scarecrow. So it's Joker. Not, so it's the Dark Knight. Yeah. With the semi truck. Yeah. Yeah. And he kept insisting, no, it's dope because it's nine eleven and that's the New York skyline. I'm like, you need to shut up because yep. you don't understand how dumb you look right now. I'm pretty stupid. I love you, buddy, but I know that fucking skyline. Yeah. And yep. he was like, but the bat signal, I said, that would have made sense 30 years ago. But yeah. That skyline is based on Chicago because that's where that's where all of the movies that Brayton loves, that's where they were filmed. Right. Yep. Except I believe the newest one is filmed in Canada. I will be honest, my uh, my favorite scene in that movie is where they blow up the old Brax candy factory. The old what? The so No, in, no, no, no. Say the family name again. Brax. Oh god. I'm know. sorry, I'm not from Chicago, so It's Brox. Okay. It, it has nothing to do with my Ooh. Chicago accent. It's how they pronounce their Do so you know when do you they, know about the Brox kidnapping? We should. Do, I could do a whole fucking episode on Brayton. I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry, dude. So, but we're gonna take control here. Good. But all that to say, you had the dopest figure eight color scheme. All I mean, one hundred percent. I was hammered. Uh, Josh was tired. Austin Dan was hammered. Yeah, we all noticed it. Yeah, we did. And like that was really really cool. I'm sure you wish you had done a little bit better, but at least oh, yeah. at least the car looked fucking fantastic. 
Well, here, okay, we're going, we're going to change the subject here for a second. Okay, then the front, we had the American flag scheme at the tribute to the fallen 13 soldiers in yep. school, which um, the Okinawans were very good friends with. One of his relatives is also a sadly part of those 13 members. So we just, you know, want to do something, you know, we love supporting our troops and we love, you know, making, well, we hate to make tributes to them because it's a sad situation, but we try to remember them any way we can. Putting them on the hood was, the best we thought about that, but the whole Batmobile scheme had been in design for a long time. Cause we bought that car at the banquet, which we got, which due to COVID, I think was in like March. Okay. I'm not too sure. No, the, so that you mean the awards banquet? Yes. Uh, that's in, it's October, right, Josh? Yeah, it was early October, yeah. like October. What? No, no, it was November. November. It's November. It's like it November is, yeah. 11th or something yep, like that. Yeah, because it's right around our well, I know, birthday. Well, I know last year it, it got pushed back to the COVID. Oh, like that's right. Happen. He's absolutely right. Yep, we are wrong, which happens a lot. Yeah. I say that normally happens in November, but I believe that actually got pushed back to early spring. And now it's Chad Tosmore's old car that he already ran into passage for in just a couple races. And my dad goes, hey, would you take this number for it? Kind of as like a – because we have a ton of race cars, and not people for us. We have 13 race cars in garage. Right now. Okay, so models. so uh, after the actually not after this at the end of uh, your life story because I want to I want to wrap up with the Arca especially because the Arca series has a special place in my heart. Um, you and I need to talk about getting because your father's in the auto recycling business, right? Yep. Okay, I need a car. I need a car okay. for the, for the grocery getter. Okay. So we'll talk about that. We'll put, but yep. I, we'll, we'll, let's put a pin in that. We'll have a conversation. I can, I can already tell this is going to be a yep. nice long conversation. You're going to get us. A, gonna awesome. You're going to get us a ton of clicks, which is which is awesome. We appreciate we're, that, we, and we really are. We're excited to have you. Can I? Can can we talk about real quick the the upcoming race in Daytona? Because yeah, one of the things, and I've been I've been vocal about this, so I want to make sure because it's going to get back to you eventually. I am nervous that your experience is going to play a factor in this are you talk to me about what you're doing so first of all let, let's start with this they're bringing two cars but is it six drivers i don't know okay so what it was is they we tested actually down on this past weekend yeah i don't know what the date was um like the 14th and 15th, 14th and 15th they tested back there at it on a past weekend william mullins team owner he has two cars. He has a beautiful, I'm not sure if you guys saw pictures. He did a Duke for Dale scheme. He had like the Earnhardt number three. And, yep. Because uh, he normally runs number three in the Arkham Nard series. And that's a 2018 GMS car made for Super Speedway. <clears throat> and then the other car is a 2007 Yates Ford with an Ilmar engine, which the Ilmar engine is the dominant motor of the Arkham Nard. Okay. And it, it's an older chassis, but that's like their uh, backup and that short track car. And what it was is get approved for the Arkham Menard series. You have to go down there to the test. And actually to get approved to run the test, it's like a whole pile of paperwork. I had to submit a whole resume, like all the tracks I ran in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and like find the promoters of those tracks and the owners and like provide contacts. I had to get like seven or eight. Okay, hold on, wait, hold so, on. So, so that's, you know what that sounds like? What? That sounds like getting made in the mafia. Because <laughs> before, listen, no, seriously, before you can be made in the mafia, you have to. They have to go around and talk to every family in the country. And if anyone's got bone, if, if anyone's got beef with you, you're blackballed. No, you're you're done. Yep. Yeah. So like you said, you mentioned that that you needed to put together a resume. 
I was going to make some jokes about, you know, do you have to mention your your uh, Microsoft Office skills or that you have any sort of certifications or anything like that? But I'm just we're going to let that one go. I, I'm I am pure Excel. Okay. So okay. Super <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Keep going. So I just committed all this paperwork and Tarka, and now I have to get approved to run the test. And we go down into the test, and what it was, they had six or so different drivers run the test with them in that backup car, and I was one of those six drivers. Okay. So we went down there, and that was our first time ever. Asphalt, I don't, I did not have a majorly ton of asphalt experience outside of the speed room. Right. You know, I've raced hundreds of races at the speed room and dozens of cars. Actually, I think we might be looking. I don't. I know we don't have the record, but I know we definitely can give a run for money of the most different fashions race. I think I've raced like seven different classes out there, maybe six. Really? Uh, Doug Gregg, I think, has like the majority of those classes. Uh, has that record? Uh, which uh, that's not a record everyone's keeping track of unless they're like going for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that there's such a number of it. But. So and, uh, hold on, real quick. Longhorn. Real quick. So so that that track out at Daytona. Um, I don't know what the setup is like out there. Is it? Are you ra- are you racing on the big track at Daytona? Like the main? I guess there's only one track. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know a how it works. Two and a half miles, thirty nine, thirty eight degree banking. Yes, it's the big track that they race at Daytona Five Hundred. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. It's NASCAR cars. It's basically NASCAR cars at Daytona, and the Arkham Menard series is just kind of a feeder series. I that's the best way to put it for the NASCAR. Like the minor uh, leagues, minor series. leagues of NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but I hate putting it that one. way. Right. And, and the reason that I hate putting it that way is because there are drivers that are in the ARCA and ARCA Junior or CRE Junior that aren't interested in getting past that point. Because yeah, there are people that are racing all the time. That's yeah. right. So there are there are there are there are drivers that want to race that division their entire career. Because in all honesty, it's, it's a fun division. You don't there's not a lot of glitz, not a, gl- a lot of glamour, but it's a fun division. And it is the last division or the last class where a guy with a little bit of money can actually race. Really? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Not and now he's never going to compete. Sure. But he can still race. But he's still on the track and yep. he's still pulling laps. Yep. On national level. Okay, like it's going to be like, I mean, we're going 185, 190 miles now. It's a okay, lot I mean, of fun. These are NASCAR. Okay, we're going the same time, same speed as NASCAR cars. What wow. this is, isn't like, like there are people like Mike mentioned there that people just kind of stay there and content, but it's more of like a developmental series to bring in drivers and kind of see how they deal with these big heavy stock cars. Like it's hard to get stock car experience in a NASCAR because there's nothing really out there that's close to 700, 800 horsepower right. and weighs, you know, 3,200 pounds. Yep. I mean, at these tracks too. Like the dirt cars only weigh 2,200, 2,300 pounds. So let's so, talk, let's talk about what's your strategy? Because I, because I, yeah. this is very new for and so you you placed middle of the pack as far as qualifying goes and when I say that that's not a slight you I mean was that so for qualifying how much practice time did you get before qualifying well this past weekend you know the test they had six drivers and we all went out different sessions and you're we were talking about that preparedness and there's nothing to prepare for Daytona I mean there's nothing you can do there's nothing like it. Especially with, you know, the Arkham Archers and those guys. Right. So, I mean, there's nothing you can do except for running those cars and getting practice out. So we went out there, and we ended up, uh, I think, somewhere around 30th out of 56, I think, drivers for the weekend. Um, second day, we were 15th fastest overall for the second day. 
mean, we didn't get. I mean, we didn't get a whole lot of drafting experience. Um, or well, we had. I drafted with uh, three or four cars on second day for about twenty or so laps, which is a lot better than what we did the first day. I drafted one other car the first day, and we went out of there, and I did pretty solid. I see my spotter; he was running pressure the way we were able to keep things under control and keep things smooth and consistent. And I was very consistent the first day. Like everyone was kind of shocked. Like I kept turning the knob, except it was in like a hundredth of a second. And that on a two and a half mile, there's a lot of room for error. Absolutely, so especially with that hard. bank. It's, yes, it's hard to be consistent like that. So they were really impressed. So we got all that. I think I did about 40, 45 laps there, which also first like full time speed roamer to make it to Daytona since Daryl Derringer in the sixties. So. I, I mean, Thomas Stewart, Jeff Gordon, all these guys have raced at the speed room, but I'm long back the first to really come from the speed room, that called the speed room home, to race at Daytona, which is awesome, really neat. But we're going in uh, the race. It's uh, February 19th. The Lucas Oil 200 presented by General Tire, and we have practice on the 17th. We have 45 minutes of practice, and that's it. Wow. And so Saturday, mm-hmm. well, well, this past weekend, you know, we had two days of practice, and that's until they get stuff right come race, come the race weekend. And we're, you know, we're doing speed weeks, you know, we're going to hit that, hit there in the garage, you know, buy the tough cars and buy the expensive cars. Um, and it's really, I mean, like we're qualifying and we're practicing and then they have the Daytona duel is right after us. So, I mean, we're right there with, you know, all these top guys and all the top teams going to be there because we have, uh, we have qualifying then Friday the 18th, Friday, Saturday, Friday, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm going to say Friday, we're going with Friday. And, it's, it's really, yeah, Friday the 18th. So, so with qualifying, it's actually group qualifying. We'll go out and that's like a group of four or five, I think. I'm not 100% sure there. It's the first time there. So we actually get up to draft and we get up to speed. And that is how qualifying is going to take place. So there's a chance we might get really lucky. We might get with a really good group of cars and start towards front. Or we might get you know, stuff with a slow group of cars. And, you know, they say, you know, they run a composite body and all the bodies are the same. And all the chassis are somewhat close to each other on these cars. And some of these cars, you can tell where they made it to the super speed. Right. And, I mean, they're, you know, two, three miles an hour faster just by themselves. So, I mean, there's a good chance we can end up up front or end up in the middle of the pack. To be honest, I wouldn't be upset with starting up front. I would definitely be okay with starting in the back. If you're up front, and here, we're talking about our strategy here. The strategy is you want to be either, you want, you want to be in front of the wreck. Because it's going to be the big one. You don't know when, you don't know where, but you want to be in front of it. Right. And sometimes that's first and second place getting into each other, and there's not much hope if you can't be in front of first and second place. You know, So that's definitely not where you want to be. But if you're towards the back, and a lot of guys have a strategy because ARCA actually has a competition caution halfway through the race. So you know there's a guarantee going to be caution halfway through the race. So some guys for the first phase will kind of lay way, way back and get a quarter or half of that back and wait for that big one to happen. And then they have cautions already come out by the time they caught up to it. There's not too much worry about a wreck. So there's definitely a lot of strategy, but the big thing going, going, our, for us going into it, we're going to have to see how to qualify and just hope we're not in the middle of the pack. If we're in the middle of the pack, you know, it's definitely going to be a little iffy. So I'm keen for either the front or the back, but I would not be upset with either, either or. Right. Right. So, okay. So I, I like that you're keeping your expectations appropriate. I'm not saying low. I'm not saying high. One of the things that I found that I find, I, I don't know, interesting or what, maybe, I don't know. Um, there's going to be actually a lot of Hoosiers, a lot of, of indie guys 
down yep. in that area that day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the there. Um, that that's too. right. Showtime's running that weekend. Um, any idea? Because I've checked the weekend schedule and it just says TBD. Have they given you any idea as to like what time you guys are going to be starting? I believe it's one thirty. Um, so I'm, someone could theoretically yeah, make on, both races. Yeah, actually, we talked about running the Arthur race at Daytona and having the Arthur great car already down at Showtime <laughs> and driving over. We had seriously talked about it. And this whole deal has been put together in the past month. Like within the past three and a half weeks, this deal was put together. Right. So, I mean, we've been getting our figure eight car ready for showtime. Wow. And this whole deal kind of came along. And we're like, oh, well, you know, here's what we can do. And then we're like, you know what? Because by the miracle, you know, the one I'm on odds that we pull off the upset, and we go down there and we actually win the race. Uh huh. I know if that happens, I'm just. I might just die right there. And make okay, so so uh, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna, so this is what's gonna happen, buddy. Uh, you're my new best friend, and I'm gonna tell you why. So I'm gonna be down there. I'm gonna go to both mm-hmm. races, and it's gonna be tough because that's that's it's a it's a haul. That's not a short drive. Um, yeah. If you win, you have got to bring me to Winter's Circle. Oh, hundred percent. Ah! I mean, it, it, it'd be crazy. Well, here's the thing: is that car. That car got in second in 2018. It got second. I believe it's gotten eight in 2019-2020. So, I mean, that car is a good super speedway car. Well, Now, with me driving, I I don't know about that one. This this sucks, man. This hurts because I may have to look at my flights. Because where is Daytona? Daytona's Daytona's on the opposite end of the... Yeah, it's on the opposite end of the dong. I believe it's like a two and a half, three hour drive. Because we were like... Look at the logistics of it. However, like, okay, we can go to Showtime, leave our trailer here, and drive back. Let me pull up a map real quick. Hey, Josh, talk to our buddy Brayton here for a okay. minute. Okay. Oh, I just looked it up that the race does start at one thirty p.m. Uh, Saturday, so oh. I believe Showtime is until like seven or eight o'clock at night. You could totally make it. Oh God! And it's and it's two hundred. It's two hundred laps, right? It is. Yeah. Two hundred miles, eighty laps. Okay, oh, okay. eighty. Oh, wow. oh, that's not bad. An eighty lap race that'll probably last. I'm going to ballpark it 90 um, minutes. It's going to be a busy, busy It'll weekend. be 90 um, minutes. I'll, now, here's the thing. These guys have a worse reputation than the junior fast cars. So it's going to be four hours. Ago, well, here's the thing. Is Arca, here's something I like about Arca. I'm not sure they're doing it this season. I know they've done it in the previous season. And I love it about the Arca Menard series. Is they are guaranteed to finish under green flag. And they have to do 12 green-white checkers. They'll do 12 green-white checkers. Okay. Those are always fun. And so they've, ha- they've had it before. Where the last two laps are taking an hour and a half. I mean, I believe it's 2018 because they kept having like major wreck, major wreck after major wreck after major wreck. I believe I'm not. Don't quote me on that, but I'm, I'm believe it's somewhere upon that. I'm not going to be doing that this year. I know they've done it previously. Man, this just fucked up my whole itinerary. I'm going to have to rebook to Orlando because I'm flying direct into Tampa as it is now. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You know, Brayton, you're already causing fucking problems in my life. <laughs> No, I'm a huge Same. fan. I'm a huge fan of ARCA and CRA, and yep. and that started, in all honesty. Um, were you there for – it had to have been the 2019 season. It, it, was, was, it was the 2019 when season. When ARCA ran at for the first time in 20 years at the mm-hmm. speed room. Were you there that night? Yes. yes. Wasn't, <laughs> that, uh, wasn't that a blast? Wasn't that a lot of fun? We almost got real inspiration in that. Um, but, yeah, we, that was definitely fun to watch. I think Ben Tunney won that, didn't he? 
I don't remember. I don't remember who. I remember who run ran the 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 junior CRA because um, she because it's a it's what the hell's her name? Katie Hettinger. Katie Hettinger. That's right. Um, because she was actually I had my kids there that night, and Josh had left because he had a buddy there that was with him. That well, we won't get into that. Right. But Katie Hettinger was there um, before and after she won, and she won in like very. Uh, not distinct fashion, but it, it was. It was obvious. It was yeah. It, there it was not. A, it was not a close call. There was there were and a few she, car lengths. And then she ended up being the points winner for the entire season. Yep. And she. Yeah, had, I was there that. Yeah, and, and I I sent a, a, a message to uh, management at Speedrome. Now I know that they don't control it, but. It would be awesome to see more ARCA and CRA races. And now you see, don't get me wrong, you see ARCA cars in the street stocks. We're retired ARCA cars. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it would be awesome to see them there again. But I think they make that decision, and I think maybe they were just trying out the speed drone to say, hey, see what the interest is. I thought it was a good turnout, but obviously uh, it wasn't. But I've been interested ever since only because it's kind of – I can't stand NASCAR, and I'm just going to be honest. And I've and I've said it a bunch of times. I don't like professional racing. I like amateur racing, and ARCA is right in between. It you can get close enough to professional racing that it's you get the kind of the cool cars and stuff like that, and all the horsepower, but not so far that it's all the bullshit with the egos and you know every 30 seconds jamming another sponsor down you like people that actually give a shit about their cars like when hettinger racing wrecks a car they feel it they have sponsors and stuff but they feel it. yeah whereas you know the dale juniors and shit of the world or they just have a second car smokes or whatever they just roll a number another one off the truck and they'll just give me another m&ms will buy me another one that's right drives me fucking nuts Absolutely crazy. That's right. Because it okay, that's it, affect, that, it, they, it affects the way you drive. So I'm I'm going. My dad said that same thing. He goes, "If you want to make the car faster, put someone in it that's not paying for the damage." Yeah, and that is 100 percent true. And that's kind of my mentality going into this whole Daytona thing. Is yeah, it's awesome dealing the Mullins. So I'm not too worried about destroying the car. So that will allow me to kind of push the situation. But also going back on, you know, if we destroy the car, too, and talking about, you know, we can't roll another one off. The Mullins is a two-car operation for the Arkham and Arkham series. And I believe they're getting a third one, I think, ready. But, like, this is like their heart in the world. Like, this is their blood, sweat, fear. So I'm just grateful to be able to, like, run with them, especially because, you know, we had six guys down the test, and they could have picked any of those six guys. But, you know, they went with me. Which is pretty neat. So, yeah, yeah, man, I love it. I I love that. So, let's talk about where Brayton Laster's future is. You do well in this in this series. What's next? You looking for you looking for a ride the big show? What's that? Well, uh, I'm still trying to put together. I'm just just trying to imagine. Like it's still all unfathomable how quick it's all come together. And you know, I was racing Speed Realm, you know, a couple months ago. And dirt, you know, I'm you know doing a lot of dirt stuff, which is going to go back to the history of Brighton Astor and how I got here. But we're so right now it's just Daytona, open the morning racing, and that was one thing after the practice session on Saturday down there in Daytona is my phone started blowing up, and I'm, I got texts from people, hey man, 
you want to come on a show? Do you want to come on a podcast here? And a couple that came on was like actually talking to us. Like, and we're just kind of seeing our options. And you know, we really like the moments. We really like their small car operation because we can relate a lot to it. You know, they have emotion and they have passion. You can tell that. So we definitely were grateful to come back with them. But as far as Daytona, we're just trying to make it past Daytona. We're you know, going to deal with other races. You know, here's the thing about ARCA, Menard Series, is they run dirt. They run Springfield and Bitcoin, which is a fat mile. Both of them are fat miles uh, in Illinois. So we might try to pull it together right there to see what we can do. But for now, our 100% focus is just Daytona. Being right. able to, I, can go, I can go and run Daytona, and I'd be content with retiring right now. Because I never tried making this part to begin with. That's a really healthy attitude. And the reason I say that is I, I've been, I'm not going to lie, at, sitting next to you at the speedrome, knowing you, you know, uh, breaking bread with you or whatever, as it were, I, I was worried for you. And the reason I say that is it doesn't, I mean, obviously you have you have some talent for sure because you wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten to where you've gotten. But I'm terrified yeah. that you get a ride for this race. And listen, it's a big deal. You earned it. I get that. But be careful on on where you set your I'm you're young you know and and I remember what I was like when I was your age you know anytime I got opportunity to do anything I saw 30 steps past it and I'm terrified that that's what you're focusing on I love that I hear you talking about I'm focused on this race and if I do great then awesome we'll talk about the next step if I do horrible and I never race a car again then I got to race at Daytona right and I love that yeah. that's where your head is at I say, and you know, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the draft, and I don't have a whole lot of experience with going 185 miles an hour. And that's one thing, you know, this practice past week, which is awesome. I really opened my eyes. You know, there's no way to really describe it. There's no way, you're, you can't prepare. I, I mean, there's no way I can get prepared. There's no way Anna can get prepared to go strap in a car and go 185 miles an hour. There's just no way you can make me prepare yourself for that. So that was one thing this practice kind of really opened me up this past week and uh, this past, this past week and really opened me up on was that experience. Again, be able to feel those cars and you feel the wind around you. So I feel like we can definitely go into this race and actually finish the race as long as we're not taking out in the big one, which that's a huge thing about this track is being away from the big one. But I think if we can make it past the big one, I feel like we honestly can finish the race. Now, finishing the top five, top 10 you know that'd be great i'll be going to do it realistically with some luck maybe but say we're just going in we have a goal to finish the race and that's all we want to do but i never thought i'd make it as far my career I, i'm from the speed i'm a, I'm a small a small town you know dirt and asphalt boy I, I come from a flat fifth mile in indianapolis that's nothing like you know daytona we're just, I, I couldn't be at daytona people that come from the speed room don't make it to daytona so that's another thing is like this is huge to kind of not be a role model but prove that it can still be done. It can be done. You don't have yep. to have the last you don't have to have the last name. You don't have to have, you know, the thick wallets or you know the rich grandpa. Okay, it can still be done. Yeah, and listen, I think that's ultimately that's that's the that's the story there is is that it can be done because you look at the experience that you've had and I don't follow dirt. I tried, it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um but when you make it big and you're, uh, you know, you're you're racing NASCAR, I gotta ask: Are you gonna do? Uh, are you gonna do what what Smoke Show did? Are you gonna come back to your original? Uh, you know, I don't. Oh, do you, so let me ask you a question: Do you listen to the podcast at all? Uh, from time to time, yeah. Okay, all right. So I don't know if you've picked up on this yet or not, but I am not <laughs> a fan of Tony. Stewart. Yeah, he is I, not. I do not like the guy. Um, 
So I will refer to him as as a bunch of different things. But They're not nice names. No, he's a dickhead. Yeah. But the one thing that I've always given him credit for is he supports the local tracks, which is very, very cool. And I love the um, mm-hmm. uh, the SRX series. I can't wait. They're coming back to uh, to Indianapolis, yes. I believe. Did they, that got announced, right? Did it? I had heard yep. from someone at in, Lucas at Lucas Raceway that's Park. Right, that's right. I had heard from kind of inside the series that it was going to come back, but I guess it's been announced now. Um, that's another thing. Well, I'll talk about that later. Uh, so we know the story of Brayton Laster from the first time he shot the gap to now. Let's talk about me. Uh, we, we, we missed a couple chapters, but yeah, <laughs> okay. made him into dirt. But hey man, if we if we talk about everything, more. we can never have you back on. Yeah, and we want to have you back yeah. on. And I'm pretty okay. sure I'm pretty sure with your trajectory that there's going to be a point where when we we text you and and to to come on, we're going to get a text from your publicist asking, okay, well how many how many listeners do you have? And then we're going to be like, yeah, this conversation, yeah, not enough, not enough. But he's coming on anyway. I so, come back. I'm 100. I did something really stupid when I was drinking, but even <laughs> I'm a man of my word. Even when I'm drinking, you can ask uh, uh, my wife who snagged me that way. Um, sorry, I thought she was walking in. So no, it was good. a lot funnier if she was going to be walking into the room. Um, I have committed to running the grocery getter, and okay. and I need a car. Do yep. do you ever get any running cars to your dad's operation? It okay so. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually going to grocery get ourselves. We had like the first six spots lined up, like starting first through six. Okay. It, it, it was order of we signed up in. And I had a killer car lined up. They are going to hate me for this. So we had an 88, no, an 86 Pontiac Fiera. Oh. Oh, what a great car, uh, it was, dude. It was, a, it was the V6 and it was a manual. Oh no! Oh, yeah. Yeah. So listen, nothing would have killed. So the V six, and I don't know, Brayden, if you know this or not, but the V six in a manual, they they did not make that many of those. Usually, the yeah. manual was in. They made the two M four and the two M six. Two M four was a four cylinder. Two M six was a six. And I know way too fucking much about this car, <laughs> and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, but the two M six very rarely had a manual because. They weren't very fast cars, so most of the time the two M fours had the manual be- for um, fuel efficiency, especially because yeah. it was a dangerously light car. Really? Yes, because at the time it was the only production. Brayton, I'm, you may be able to finish this sentence. It was the only production vehicle at the time, other than the Corvette, that had what? Um. And, uh, and uh, all in uh, no. all fiberglass body, dude. It was oh, the yeah. only yeah. other vehicle in production at the time. That feels unsafe. Um, I just want to give a shout out real quick to my bud Chad. He, when he hears this and he knows that I didn't answer that right there, I, he's going <laughs> to be filled with disappointment. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There were exotics being built with a fiberglass body, mm-hmm. but as far as a mass production car, it was the Corvette and the Pontiac Fiero. Damn. Yes. Which I've actually dated a Fiera. Different. We, we've actually bought two Fieras, and we had, we got an '88 Pontiac Fiera. Did you GT. say '88? Yes. Was it the GT? It was. Oh, 
Super rare. Really? Super yeah, rare. With the with the with the with the bubble, Did you hear what he said? Yeah, with with the bubblegum rear headlights. Oh my oh. god. It is dope. That's a dope car. Don't get me wrong. Say, and, they should not be driven by anyone that values their life. Yeah. Although by eighty eight they had figured the problems out. The Pontiac Fear, they did some weird things. So it was a I said um two M sorry, two M four and two M six. Right. So two doors, the M stands for mid engine. Because it was forward over the rear wheels. It was directly behind the passenger. Oh, geez. But they put the radiator in the front of the car, which yeah. means the coolant lines ran underneath the cabin. That bitch was always hot. Always. You were sitting on the radiator lines. Wow. And um, a couple of people, not a lot, but enough that people remember it, got decapitated in those cars. Because if you got in, in, into an accident with an 18-wheeler and you went under the trailer, it took the whole fucking top of the car low. off. I mean, they were like, I mean, they were like a cheap production sports car. I mean, they sat super low. And that car is a fast drive. And I, I, I didn't kill Okay. I didn't kill it. I didn't wreck it. Right. So They're fun cars to we, drive, though. Oh, man. They're go-karts. Although, I, oh, the core converter went out in it. And so, like, it would... It, whenever we went to go to stall, it's like... Or whenever you go to stop, it would stall out. So I just unplug the torque converter, which you shouldn't do in a car. Because after driving any task in 55 miles an hour, 65 miles an hour for a prolonged period of time, that's longer than 10 to 15 minutes, uh, you have to pull over to the side of the interstate and let the tranny cool down. Yeah. So we actually ended up just kind of giving it to a friend. And he's got, because I'm like, I don't really want to drive this because I'm a, you know, I like going fast. But I want to preserve the car. Right. And I don't really have room for it. So we gave it to a friend that we know would keep it safe and keep driving it right now. Although I did about blow it up one time to catch on fire. So the, that's, that's a different story. The 88 Fiero is like the 96 uh, Impala. The 88 Fiero was the, was the first time that they got the car completely right. And it was the last year they made it. It wasn't, uh, you know, they were, they were, it, it just wasn't as, as popular as they wanted it to be. It was a cool little car. It, it absolutely was. But anyway, let's, again, let's say, dude, you, you, we stopped talking about me. Yeah, and that's all this show's about, is talking about Michael. Hey, it's, yes, a, it's, a, it's in my bedroom. That's right. We are we are currently, listen, we are currently in his bedroom. Um, so, together? Yes, together. Yes, together. Oh, for every, oh, dude, for every show. Sometimes we invite another man into my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we invite his Ooh. wife. That's one musty bedroom. That's right. <laughs> So so anyway, you don't have to answer this question now, but please have you and your dad keep an eye out. I if you're gonna to run dad, yeah. if you're gonna run multiple cars and you're looking for someone to run a car, yep. please just I let me know. You. And the reason I say that is I promise to do this. I have no infrastructure around it. I don't have a truck, I don't yep. have a trailer. I would love to be able to show up, suit up, yep. and just run and not have to worry about anything else. Because okay, I'm, I'm I'm doing this one time. <laughs> Yep, and that's it. If you're going to run it last year, okay, I, we actually still have the 86 V6 with a, a manual, and um, I need to get it up and running uh, at our shop. But I, you know, I run dirt, we run super late models, and I was racing for points down a Richmond Raceway, which we like, never go points racing really because, you know, to get too stretched out, or that can, you know, it's, it's a pain in the butt to go points racing because you're committed. And I hate to do you know? Uh, I'm not in very many long-term relationships. You can tell. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, running for points, we go down to the first two or three races for fun, and we come out like 
running top third in the points, but we got to run for points now. And so a points race that was supposed to be in August and we got rained out, got rescheduled to the date of the grocery dinner. And we were heartbroken. Right. But we had to, we had a Dodge Charger lined up. Actually, the one that started up front, we ended up putting one of our good friends in it. And um, we had like a Buick lined up. We had a Corolla lined up. We had like a Honda. And we had the Fiat. Like, it, we, were, we, were, we came to win that race. Like, we I'm were going so to excited. play that race. I'm so excited, dude! So, you you need to drive. You will solve a bunch of problems for me because I've been cruising for a car for a while. I'll definitely talk to my dad. My first dated driver. I'm not sure if you guys remember that silver hatchback that I drove out there in the front wheel drive test past year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had to blow up on the passenger seat. Uh, yes. That was my first ever dated driver. We bought that for like 180 bucks. Nice. And it was a Hyundai Elantra five speed. I had like just turned 16. My mom decked. Dang, Brighton needs a car, and we get that, and my dad's like, you want it? I'm like, you know I do. And then the clutch <laughs> went out on it after, like, a year. He put a new clutch in it, and we're like, okay, we're going to make it a race car. And it was the slowest race car I think I've ever driven. And I've raced a school bus out there. Yeah, there was, um, have you really? You ran, a, you, you ran in the school bus race? I did run in a big race. Holy bus race, yeah. shit. Okay, so listen, I'm going to be honest right now and say you have a bunch more experience than I thought you did. Yeah, I've I've been racing, you know, for uh, this is our twelfth year, I guess, we're coming up on. Wow. Yeah, I've I've you know I've raced all kinds of cars, and actually we did good. I have a TikTok page uh, at Brayton Master. You guys should totally check it out. Uh, I had a helmet came on, uh-huh. and there was some beautiful footage. Okay, halfway through that race, I like it was it was earlier this year or this past year. There wasn't a whole lot of action, and I'm like I'm hitting somebody. I don't know who. I don't care, but I'm hitting somebody. <laughs> so and John Cosby, I was second or third, and John Cosby was leading the race. And it was when they had the sprint cars there that weekend. Said that um, the Corey guy, uh, I forget his first name, but the Corey was also racing the one. And it was like two to go. I come off the corner, and I see John Cosby and uh, the Corey are next. For, and I'm third, and they're next first and second. And I come off the corner. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to smoke John Coffee right now. I'm going to turn to John. I'm like, I'm just going to smoke him right here. And something's kind of sick right before him. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should have. But I'm going to make this as close as I can possibly get without hitting him. And so, like, it, it was super cool to watch from the helmet cam because, like, I barely just avoid him. But I'm like, I already want to hit something. Then again, I'm like, if I hit something, then they slip and I get hurt, they get hurt. You know, I don't want to be at blame for that. They're feel bad for that. But I ran all kinds of stuff with Peter. Dude. I, I'm he, telling you. He just fucked up my whole Daytona, Daytona trip. Okay, okay, Tampa get, trip. Okay. I'm going to blow your mind here. I ran the three-hour figure race when I was 15 years old. Illegally. I, I'm sorry. I didn't catch what he said. I ran three-hour when I was 15 years old. Illegally. Okay, so oh, that I did know. That I knew, and you know how I knew that? Dan told me that. Oh, oh did he really? Dan, yeah, Austin Dan told me that. Okay, that's insane. Okay, yeah, that that was well. We had that old Thunder card, that six hundred dollars Thunder card, and we put a good friend of ours, Richard Bird, we called him Psycho because he grew up like a psycho. Yep. And yep, I just found street stocks that <laughs> street stocks could run in the three hours. Well, at the same time, Thunder cars could run with the street stocks. So he took a Thunder car, quote unquote, called it a street stock, and quote unquote, ran it in the three hours with Richard Bird driving it. And he goes out there, and I mean, that car was slow with the Thunder cars. You can't imagine what it was with uh, the late models. Right. And I mean, it was terribly slow. And so we have Richard go out there and drive it. He does all right. Okay, he does. He, 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 
okay, so we suck. Um, to put to put it frankly, and I mean, it was, I mean Richard Newell, great guy, just this big eight, eight miles. I mean, there wasn't much he could do, and he runs like fifteen twenty laps. And Don Aldridge doesn't get off the track. Well, he comes in, and my dad goes, and my dad wasn't too sure. He goes, I don't know if Don told him to get off or what. He goes, you want Brayton? You want to hop in? I should say, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a seat with me. And I'm literally like in front of my truck back there in the pit. Like in front of like everyone, kind of. I'm like trying to get changed in my fire suit. And that guy got really holding the doors open to the truck so people can't see. And here comes my mom walking through the pit. And we're like, oh, that's not good. So we said I'm going to go distract my mom and have her like walk the other direction. And I like throw my fire suit on, throw my helmet on. I go and I pull on track. I'm talking to my dad. I'm like, dad, can I shoot the crossover? He goes, son, if it's key and opening, go for it. But I'm going to warn you right now. I go, these cars go a crap ton faster than the late models, or in, than the center cars. He goes, and if you get hit, they're going to tear some stuff up. And he goes, and they're going to be sure the next morning. So I go out there and I run under, it's under caution. We pick a couple laps. We take the green flag. I do one green flag lap. Caution comes back out and get waved back off the track by uh, John Audrey. So that, that was my figure eight debut in the late model set. There you go. Which at the time had to be 16 to run. So, I'm unofficially the youngest driver to ever run the three hours. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, what else can you ask for? That's right. So yeah. listen, that looks that's way. that that is the perfect spot to end it. So real quick before there's gonna be there's gonna be I'm gonna after this show I'm gonna reach out to you and talk to you about um, the stuff that we just talked about because mm-hmm. I got a couple yeah. ideas that I want to keep off the podcast because I don't want anyone getting excited. Yeah, um, but relating to maybe you know tying tying your dad and us together in, in a See way see we that, can do something. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, hey, I think I do part two. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I I'm There's thinking so part, I'm thinking part two. I'm thinking part two after the race. Yeah. Only so that we can talk about it, and hopefully I can make yep. it because I'm I'm looking at it. We land at eight a.m. that morning in Tampa, which means uh-huh. we can be in Daytona for the race by noon my wife is gonna be pissed by noon we can be in daytona for the race do that race and then drive back to showtime collapse at my aunt's uncle's after the race at showtime and then we leave at 8 a.m the next morning it's gonna suck dude 10 years ago i'd be like fuck it i can do that i'm no man i'm 45 years old i'm like it's gonna take a lot of fucking Viagra and <laughs> ibuprofen, cocaine, a bowl of Wheaties, bottle yeah. of Gatorade. Yeah. So listen, we truly, truly, truly appreciate you coming on the show. I know that we're gonna have some business here that Josh wants to record with you, but yeah, um, after after we do our closer, we'll talk. So does he know? Do you know the closing of the he show? Does. Right, and he you does. He do? does. So oh, yes. so one hundred percent. Oh, nice. So for the crossover, I'm Josh. I'm Mikey, and I'm Brayton. Be good. Or being good at it. Yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah.